Xavier is dead. Apocalypse reigns. This is the Age of Apocalypse. Welcome to Power of X-Men Apocalypse, the podcast where we review every single issue of the classic reality-warping, high-octane, epic X-Men crossover event known as Age of Apocalypse. And I am one of your two guides and co-hosts, Mr. Scott Free. And I'm one of your other two guides or co-hosts, Dayspring. And welcome to the Age of Apocalypse. Welcome to the Age of Apocalypse. We are on chapter three of our read, The Waking by John Francis Moore, with script by Todd DeZago and pencils by Jan Dershuma. How are you doing, Mr. Scott Free? Yeah, you know, uh, can't <laughs> complain. Uh, still in like the post Thanksgiving food coma, self loathing for the amount of pie that I ate. But, you know, <sighs> I'm I'm here, uh, as the kids say. I'm I'm vibing. Are uh, you vibing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what that means. I'm old. I just yeah. This week we're reading. We're back to uh, X Factor. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, I think we have a couple bits of like X news, X related news. Um, and like my my favorite was Kelsey Grammer saying that he wants to would be open to coming back as beast uh like unprompted like this this was not like marvel speaking to him this was like somebody asked him casually and he was just like oh yeah i would like to come back as hank mccoy and i was like okay cool um yeah he said it like what i think he said it to cinema blend and he was like i'd love to return as beast i'd do it again nobody's really talked to me about it I think maybe they're going to try to do another one, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure Kelsey Grammer has his ear, you know, to the ground when it comes to industry news. So, you know, another X-Men movie coming out. Like, you know, that's nice to hear from one of the officials, but he goes on to say, I'm assuming that they would go with, you know, the first is the best. That That's, that's bold. Uh, that is a bold assumption. Um <laughs> I just want to say, I don't hate Kelsey Grammer as Beast. I would be open for Kelsey Grammer to come back as Beast. Yeah, I mean, like, he he doesn't have the problem uh, that some of the other stars of the original X-Men movies have where it's been 20 some odd years. Like, he is done. He has so much makeup and stuff as, like, Beast. It's not, like, as noticeable compared to like say sir patrick stewart who has you know is now in his 80s and looks much older than he did uh when he originally played professor xavier i mean the flip side is like maybe it's time to just get new people into these roles for like the mcu you know he can come back for like beast three enter the beast verse <laughs> or whatever as like one of the <laughs> One of the multiverse beasts, him and George Buza. Yeah, I my mind immediately went to him saying something like this. My mind immediately went to Doctor Strange 2, where of course it's being rumored that you know the Fox X-Men would be will be in there. So will he show up as like 
one of the Fox X-Men, maybe just like Rando Beast, who's part of the Illuminati. There's so many rumors circulating for Doctor Strange 2 that I'm wondering if this is like him planting the seeds in the media about it. Or if he was asked because of Doctor Strange 2. Get a nice Age of Apocalypse tie and get Dark Beast. Um, <sighs> Kelsey Grammer's too precious to play Dark Beast. Can Frazier pull it off? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the sort of like smug, he's talking about Chablis while taking out somebody's liver. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Okay, fair point. Fair, yeah. fair point. Yeah, no. So he said that. That's really interesting. I I hope we get to see him, you know, again, maybe in Doctor Strange 2. But much like you, I think it's time to just clear the deck. I don't mind a goodbye to the Fox X-Men. I do think Days of Future Past provided us with that goodbye. It's fine. They've done two movies since Days of Future Past. So maybe we need another goodbye. But let Doctor Strange 2 be the end of it. Reboot and recast everyone. However they want to do it. Completely agree. In other news, and I know you're going to love this, it was announced that we have a new book coming in the spring called Destiny of X. Yes. Um, And I am completely on board. I know nothing about what it's going to be about. Don't know what direction it's going to go in, but it's going to be about the baddest bitch on Krakoa, who's Irene Destiny Adler who's <laughs> back and is screwing up Charles and Eric's stuff. And I love it. I'm here for it. Uh, we love a messy bitch. Let's just do it. A messy bitch with iconic thighs. I mean, no matter what age she's at, because she's obviously been resurrected as, as younger in the Krakoan age, but even when she was older in previous titles, she looked great with her thighs. She looks great now. And, and the exact promo is just a quote from Irene Adler that Marvel released saying Destiny of X Spring 2022. And the quote is, there is no the future. There is no destiny. Irene Adler. That's it. Okay. okay. Yep. Oh, boom. I, I don't know how I feel about that specifically because like, I like the idea that a character named destiny who can see the future kind of has like this perception of the forest or the trees and everything is sort of obsolete. Like, you know, this nihilistic perception that we're all going to die. So who the fuck cares on things, but I hope they, they give us a little leap in logic with it because I'm still kind of sore about how apocalypse was portrayed in 10 of swords where he went from this, like, uh, character that believed in survival of the fittest to like this like spiritual magical other world Araco ties and this long lost love I don't mind the evolution of the character I just want to leap for it for those of us who've been around does that make sense I feel like I babbled there no uh, that that completely makes sense I completely agree um, like I don't want the apocalypse oh yeah now he's like a mutant wizard and here's his wife that has never been mentioned um like i want it to build off of like existing things and existing like seeds that have been laying for like de- you know destiny's like a 50 year old character she's been in publication for like 50 years give or take and it's like just build off of like the existing stuff instead of just like oh yeah twist she's like from a or something. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I just want her to be like 
since I've been back and since I had this overload of all the futures, I now have perspective on everything. I have a new perspective and there is no future. No matter how many times we fight, it doesn't matter if we win or lose. There is no destiny here. It's just people playing a game or, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's going to be hard to argue that there is no destiny when we have like the books of destiny that that she wrote and I hope come into play. I'm really, really looking forward to it. But Jordan D. White, I think, is is handling that book because in an interview with Adventures in Poor Taste this week, where they were talking about, oh, get to know your X-Men editors, they asked, what book is everyone working on? Like, give one word to describe the book you're working on. Jordan D. White said Destiny, and obviously now we have this release. Anita in the X office says Limbo. Interesting. I'm thinking Magic or Madeline for this. Possibly Madeline, especially if the rumors of Magic becoming uh, Saucer Supreme are true, and then she'd, I assume, take over the Doctor Strange book, but don't know. I wonder if it is going to have some ties to Madeline after Zeb Wells's, you know, Hellion's run when she comes back. Uh, Sarah is working on the spark, which we know that's going to probably be the new size superior book. That is a spiritual successor to way of X. Yes. And Kurt's uh, team of not not like religious characters, but like characters who are searching for, something more and in the wake of all the onslaught stuff uh and legion again another nice age of apocalypse time yes legion is going to be there along with juggernaut who i always forget juggernaut is not a mutant technically so let's see how he maneuvers being on krakoa pixie blindfold is back another another seer is back let's see how they resurrect her and forget me not as well as Dr. Nemesis. Those are characters who I generally do not think of like interacting with each other. So yeah, it'll be interesting to say. And then Drew is working on Cerebro. No idea what that <laughs> is going to be about. Maybe when they throw Xavier into the hole, he takes the helmet with him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're like, shit, how are we going to do our backups here? And Hope's like, yeah. I got it. I I hope this is going to be a, an exploration of obviously Cerebro, but also how like a character like Hope is sort of managing the resurrections, pulling out that information, you know, because I think it was in Inferno 2 where, where, where Charles is like, or Mystique as Charles is like, look for this mutant and like Hope is kind of like combing through the files. I'm, I'm curious to see how all of that sort of plays out and, let, and let's see where it goes. I think... I think at this point, though, in the Krakoan age, I'm ready for a little bit more uh, foundation to be put in the world building. One of them is Cerebro and how yeah. those resurrections are, are processed. So 100% give us that. And then Lauren is working on Sinister. If that is not about Mr. Sinister, I am going to be very disappointed just because he's, he's become such like a dynamic character in the Krakoan era where he's, he's, you know, he's campy, he's plotting against everyone. He's got the clone farms. And it's like, I want, especially after Hellions, I want even more sinister, like not less. Like I want to see his interactions with the rest of the council. If he's still on the council, 
I want to see Nanny coming after him again with a broken champagne flute. Like, <laughs> I, I want to see all these things. Listen, I'm I'm ready to get a sinister title. I think coming out of Hellions, he is absolutely a fun character. I wonder if Zeb Wells is going to write this book. I don't know if Zeb Wells has been announced for anything post Hellions, but I think Zeb Wells would be phenomenal. We do have the cover for Hellions 18, where it's an alternate cover where he's being thrown into the pit. I wonder if he's going to get thrown into the pit. That seems like a pretty big spoiler, in my opinion, for, for a variant cover. So maybe spiritually he's being thrown into the pit or they're planning to throw him in the pit or there's something going against Sinister. And maybe this book will be the one to explore it. And if it's not Zeb Wells, I don't know who on the current roster could do it. I would like them to bring back you know, some writers of the past, maybe like bring or, or a new writer to, to take hold of, of Mr. Sinister. Completely agree. Um, there's a couple old, old relative term, old writers who could come back, certainly write like a Sinister book. Uh, I agree with you. I think the, the variant covers a little too on the nose to be an actual, actual event but you know it's also a man with clone farm so they could throw one sinister in the hole and then there's about brilliant 50 50 more so we'll see we'll see we'll see wait and see on that one and then mark is working on omega which i i I have no idea what i mean is it omega red is it omega like the fallout of inferno maybe mystique does burn everything i don't know or is it about just Omega level mutants. Ooh, yes. And obviously we saw that in Plant Size X-Men, the Omega level mutants coming together and reviving a dead planet such as Mars. So let's see the Omega levels kind of coming into play. I've always been kind of embittered by the fact that we haven't seen more of an exploration of the Omega level mutants because in Hawksbox, they say the greatest natural resource that Krokoa has are the Omega level mutants. That's a bold statement to say. It's a bold statement. And they just sort of left it there to, to explore, you know, other plots that just, in my opinion, weren't as interesting as something like that. Yeah. Um, and just like the integration of the Omega level mutants into Krakoan society, you know, a lot of them, some of them are from somewhat shady, have somewhat shady pasts like uh exodus or vulcan or um you know quentin choir like how do these mutants integrate into like krakowin society when you can like blow a planet up and i I think that would be an interesting angle but i don't think we know enough yet to say what the book's going to be about yeah i mean we can be going totally off (laughs) off ramp here but but i mean listen omega omega red the end, Omega-level mutants. I, my curiosity is absolutely peaked for this. Yeah. Let's see where it goes. All right. So diving into X-Factor, just to give us a quick recap, Legion awakens in Tel Aviv after having visions of the dead mutant Destiny, which mm, he murdered. Meanwhile, Mystique, after falling off a waterfall, believed dead by her children, is in fact not dead. Gasp! And makes her way to Legion's hospital to have her revenge for killing her, her friend or roommate. Anything that isn't the word wife or lover. <laughs> but Audible Gasp 
X-Factor is hot on her trail and intercepts her before she can have her sweet revenge. Legion then awakens and tells Mystique he's been expecting her. This issue is directly falls on from previous uh, X-Factor 108. It actually begins immediately after Legion wakes up with this sort of creepy like puppet-like sort of stance and Mystique is like shocked that he's awake and he they have a little bit of a scuffle uh Mystique escapes and a big part of the rest of the issue is focused on Mystique sort of Mystique fleeing uh members of X Factor but also like her internal sort of like monologue about how you know like pissed off she is that Legion killed Destiny and these people are protecting Legion and you know she she goes to um, to sort of throw them off and Legion wakes up and is talking to his mother and seems kind of with it and but he sees Destiny again in his head and uh Meanwhile, X-Factor catches back up with Mystique, and then she almost kind of gets Avalanche to level the Tel Aviv Harbor. Uh, Havoc and his rockin' like 80s, 90s coat stop it with uh, his powers, stop the tidal wave, and um, they eventually, Mystique gets the slip, uh, on them, and Legion shows up to have a uh, psychic encounter with um, Mystique. And then we get some sweet karate action from Forge, which is cool. <laughs> uh, and um, it, it, it ends on a cliffhanger with Legion telling X-Factor basically to go away, and they all disappear. And then he just kind of pieces out in this like psychic bubble and um yeah it, it's it's uh you know we're, we're obviously going to do like a, a, a deep dive that was a very uh superficial overview but i i enjoyed this issue um largely because a you get to see a lot of mystique's um like motivation for going after Legion and a lot of like her internal sort of like inner monologue. Um, and also um, because this formally, I think, kicks off Legion Quest, where you see Legion is just like, oh yeah, what if I could, you know, make things like right? And it's like, oh no, that's that's not gonna end well. It's um, not gonna end well for anyone, Legion. <laughs> no. Yeah, I agree. Well, first of all, on the cover, it says Legion Quest begins here. And, you know, it's the same logo as Legion Quest. It's, again, I, I, we, I haven't read Legion Quest since, you know, for a couple of years now. But I remember it kind of like picking up in the middle of something. And I remember thinking like, oh, what's the context here? I wish I had read the, the previous issues before. So that's why we've been reading the built up to Legion Quest, because Legion Quest is just going to begin in the thick of it. Um, I think this was a very fun issue and obviously we'll get into weeds here, but much like the last issue, and I think we both agreed on it. It's just nineties over the top 
fun. And yeah. there's some moments here, especially with Strong Guy and Havoc, that I'm like, oh, God bless those himbos. And, and even Popo, crazy. Dr. Dane, now, I'm sorry, Dr. Polaris. You know, some of her moments here, I think, are, are, are kind of funny. But overall, it's like a, it's a fun issue. I, there, there is something magical here. And I think that goes a lot to the creative team because, like, it's, it's just pure, like, kind of like fun. There are some things I have lots of questions on. I don't know if they ever get resolved because there's so much X history out there. And I'm curious to know if you do as well. But, you know, the issue, again, is one of those where you just get your brain, put it in the drawer. Don't think too much about what's going on. Don't think about physics here, yeah. especially in the issue with Avalanche creating tidal waves and Havoc somehow stopping the tidal wave. I think the idea here is just run with it. Literally, like yeah. as Mystique is running for her vengeance, you just run with this plot. Just, just go with it. Like, don't question why, like, the werewolf girl is chasing the shape-shifting blue woman through the streets. Uh, Tel Aviv. Amazing. Yeah, the streets of Tel Aviv. Uh, nobody's seen, nobody's phased by this. Um, the tidal wave, nobody's phased by that. Uh, strong guy. They're all, they're all good. They're all just trying to have a good time. Jeez. Yeah. But diving right into the issue. See what I did there with the tidal wave diving uh, yeah mm-hmm. genius <laughs> we pick up right where we le- left off with mystique's quest for vengeance everyone is just aback by the fact that legion is out of his coma and he says hello mystique i've been expecting you she said you were coming i'm sorry i don't know why i said <laughs> that accent there but it's spelled h-u-l-l-o is he supposed to have some kind of accent i don't know where i forget where legion grew up see this like weird ex history legion um grew up in britain there you go um, but he uh, but he's his mother is is really so i think he's like dual uk okay. israel um they've always written him with either like a northern i think northern england or scottish accent i just just roll with it like, <laughs> just um, roll with it just roll with it uh and, and then like a- after he does that mystique lunges at him to like try to choke him and like i i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna choke the life out of you with my bare hands and it's like raven i know you're like you got a lot going on up there but are you really gonna try to like physically assault one of the, like the most powerful mutants in the world Okay, but also, she's like, first of all, she should have done that to begin with. Again, like last issue, I don't know why she was like holding him hostage there with the syringe. When she was yeah. here like, no, I'm going to do it, X-Factor, I'm going to do it. It's like, you, you don't want anything from X-Factor, you just want to kill him. So I literally think from the moment she walked into that room, she should have just put her hands around his neck and try to strangle him. But second of all, the other thing I'm going to say is she's here like, oh, I'm going to choke you with my bare hands. And a page later, she has a grenade. So why not use a fucking great grenade right now? This will be the time to use the grenade, Mystique. Just like, just do it. Um, like, <laughs> just it, do but, it. It, it would it would simplify a lot of things uh, <laughs> if um, 
if it did that. And, but then, you know, like she goes on the next page, she goes to attack him and you see Legion just sort of blast her back with like a telekinetic um, burst because, you know, shock, he's one of the most powerful like telepaths and um, telekineticists like on earth. And, you know, like shock and awe, he's going to blast her ass back. That's a and, great panel, by the way. The art is absolutely oh, beautiful it's, for that. It's super, uh, super, super like dynamic. And um, Legion's got like his head thrown back and sort of like a grimace and sound effects. But um, like Mystique pauses to monologue and it's just like, you killed Irene, you killed Destiny. And like, she was my dot, dot, dot friend. Dot, 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 dot. Dot. I have the exact same thing in my notes. The same exact thing. And it, it, it's like they're not even trying to be coy about it. They're like, she was my friend. You killed her. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's buying that anymore, Mystique. No, like nobody's nobody's buying it, but you know, it is the 90s, and you just gotta you gotta go with it. And um and then she also says, I vowed on her grave, which, fun fact, Destiny does not have a grave. She was actually cremated. Yes. In X Factor Annual 6. And it's a very cute scene where Mystique goes on the ship to go spread her ashes. And according, you know, she has to follow these plans laid out by, by Miss Irene Adler. And when she goes to spread her ashes at sea, there's a gust of wind and it comes back right back in Mystique's face. So that was very cute. But, you know, she swore on her grave. I guess maybe this is a metaphorical grave. But she yeah. does come back in in Necrotia. I'm forgetting how she comes. She also comes back in the, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the crossover, the the chaos one where, where, where Thunderbird and, and the Sophie and Esme come back as well. Yeah, that was not a great yeah. crossover. But she comes uh, back in Moira's body. Like yes. That, yeah. So, but but regardless, I don't so you know it's kind of murky. There's gonna be a lot of inconsistencies throughout the years regarding destiny, having a grave, and she actually was cremated. She was cremated. Uh, Mystique kept her um, her mask, which you see much later in um, on Krakoa in mm-hmm. Mystique's like house, hidey hole, whatever that thing is down the stairs where um, she has like the altar with like Destiny's mask burning on it. Um, just like one, remember Legion's mother is the Israeli ambassador to the UK. That's partly why he sounds British. The other reason is he's lives for a while on um, Muir Island with uh, oh, Tiger. Right. There you go. So he, he, he you know, he, he's kind of like all over the place. He, he's a confusing um, uh, character, both like in, in and out of uh, universe. To go back, like you see Mystique shoves Legion's mother out of the way into Forge, and then it's just like nobody will stop me. And she's just like slapping and shoving people. And um, I mean, she knows how to make an exit. Girl, she makes an exit. She gives like a back kick to Wolfsbane. She goes into the hallway where all like the nurses 
and like security are like running after her. And then she turns around and this is hysterical. All of X Factor is trying to go through the door at the same time together. And, and, and Guido says, what if I'm a little claustrophobic? Uh, hey, there she is. And, and Polaris is like, Mystique. And they all come running out of the door. And Polaris is like, get her. It's, it's sad. And this is where Mystique then throws a grenade in front of them and is able to leave because it's a magnesium grenade. So it's only blinding them. It's not killing them. But again, why not use this against Legion? You know, instead of choking with his bare hands, knowing because she even thinks like, oh, he knew I was coming. There, there was a psychic trigger for him, which I don't believe he had a psychic alarm or anything. I, I He knew she was going to be there. He woke up at the right time. But regardless, that, throw that in his face, blind him, and then let him be confused and then strangle the life out of him. Again, Mystique has so many opportunities. It's like she also has, she has guns. Like, don't you have guns? Like, just you think just use one of the guns. Um, just use one of the, I love how you're like, just use a gun or that 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 skull belt you have. Just strangle him with it. Whip him yeah. with it. Do anything with it. Like, like that that belt has to have a purpose beyond just being like decorative. A choice. choice. Beyond a choice. Then <laughs> uh, uh, forge. Forge sends uh, Wolfsbane after uh, Mystique and he slaps some like bracelet tracking collar uh, thing on Wolfsbane. Don't know where it came from. Is that uh, what it is? I have that in my notes. I have no idea what Forge puts on Wolfsbane's wrist. And I looked everywhere online for an answer and I couldn't. Is it like a tracking? That makes sense. Well, I would be tracking, well, he, to be honest. He says, like, I'll, I'll track you with this thing. Oh, I missed that I'll track part. with this. Yeah. Oh, but he, like, you. he doesn't explicitly say what it is, but I'm assuming yeah. it's something. That yeah. He, he says, up. I'll track you with this. Yeah. It's right yeah. there. I, I, I missed that part. Okay. Good. Yeah. But he's, he's got like the MacGyver thing where he can whip together a tracker out of like a styrofoam coffee cup and a couple rubber bands. And that's just decorated with the next. Decorated with the next because that's his mutant power. That's right. <laughs> And then yeah, they they go out and uh, Doctor Doctor Dane is like, "Are you sure that she's like in the ambulance?" And Wolfsbane with her, just like, "Oh yeah, tis her, tis her." And, um... <laughs> well, you know, well, first of all, what I love about this scene is their their reasoning for letting Mystique escape the hospital is because they don't want to endanger any of the patients. So what does what does Mystique do? Because she's such an outstanding human being, mutant, whatever you want to call her. Uh, she hijacks an ambulance and drives it through a crowd of people outside the hospital. And Dr. Dane is like, oh, gosh, Mystique is so consumed by revenge. She doesn't even care if she murders all these people. Luckily, I'm here to stop her. But she didn't know that. It's like, OK, Dr. Dane, thank you for stating the obvious here. Yeah, like like. No shit. I mean, like your father's Magneto. Is this your first time dealing with like super villains? Like this is their <laughs> MO. <laughs> I just love how quintessentially evil Mystique is in this. Like I just enjoyed it where she's here. Like I'm going to cause a diversion. I'm going to hijack this ambulance and drive it into this crowd of people. Like she's like, there's Mystique is an irredeemable character. She's just evil. <laughs> I, 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 I love, it's also like, this isn't like, they're not doing this in like New York or like Chicago. This is like 
early 90s like israel and it's like the idf will light you up mystique so just like <laughs> just like maybe tone it down a little bit like you know steve, steve rogers will throw you in jail like soccer will just like beat you into a coma and so just like watch yourself <laughs> and then we then we get back to um the hospital and it cuts back to gabriel heller and forge and legions collapsed back into uh, a coma and like forge theorizing that could be from like the strain of using his powers after being in a coma for so long because yeah i mean he was in a coma for i think over a year yeah in in universe uh in universe over a year out in like publication it was a couple couple of years and then he sort of comes to and he calls her like mother and then passes out again and gabriel's like really moved because he you know legion typically cycles between three personalities as opposed to just being like david and it's like this was actually just david like referring to her as just like like mother it's not like jamal it's not um cindy it's not jack and she's just like oh he called me mother and she's like deeply deeply moved while he goes back into like the dreamscape i mean she she is crying she is all here for it and it's you know it's a very touching scene i i really like that and you know the next scene in the dreamscape we we have graves for cindy jamal and jack and there's Destiny again saying, you know, you must give Raven this message. Uh, and she needs to accept that my death was predestined. And, and, and Legion apologizes to Destiny for killing her. But it, this, this part was kind of cheesy for me. She was here like, oh, it wasn't your fault. Don't worry. Your actions weren't your own. I feel like that was more editorial shining through to absolve Legion of any wrongdoing. Because the obvious question I have here is okay fine mystique is in the wrong for driving this ambulance you know into the middle of this crowd and trying to kill this boy who is in a coma but he did kill someone why are people coming to arrest him and hold him accountable for his own actions he should be thrown in jail as well but we get it he's too powerful to be contained but you know it's, it's funny that that does not come up but Legion, again, like, you know, gives his apologies and, you know, he's absolved of any guilt. And Destiny says that his actions right now, wanting redemption, is going to lead to changing reality itself. And he vows to make everything better. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, with with Legion, you also run into the issue that he is severely uh, mentally ill. And, you know, it's like, you, you run into that sort of like ethical issue of like, how, you know, imprisoning him versus sort of like rehabilitation. Whereas like Mystique, Mystique is fully aware of like what she's, she's doing. Like she's, she's hitting people with ambulances and like throwing babies off of cliffs. Like <laughs> that, is, that is her normal, her normal state of behavior. That is so. a Tuesday night for Miss Raven Darkholm. <laughs> she is just throwing babies off of a cliff one by one and then raiding hospitals and then hijacking ambulances. I mean, uh, and, yeah. and, and as we later learned, sleeping with the devil. Sleeping uh, with the devil? Yeah. But I, I, I love the art on this page just 
for like the bottom panel where it's like Legion going like and like biting like his his lip and it's very just like if you're listening you can't see the ridiculous face I'm making but uh, he's just like oh yeah I'm gonna fix it and make it all better but then he's like grimacing and it's like that's that this isn't a good combo of like facial expression and words when you're like oh yeah I'm gonna fix it and you have like a grimace not good David not, not good. good David but also I wait to to piggyback off of what you were saying about Mystique sleeping with Azazel she she was presumably married to destiny perhaps or she was at least with destiny by this point so she's even cheated on destiny or maybe they have you know an understanding which is fine but we don't know yet but you know mystique is just all over the place she she gets she gets a pass when it's like a three thousand year old red uh (laughs) red red mutant devil (laughs) Destiny's like, don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> get, get that, get that devil dick. Get that <laughs> devil dick. She doesn't care. Yeah, it's it, this is a really again. This is why we're reading this issue because these visions of destiny are what's going to lead to the age of apocalypse and is a motivating factor for Legion wanting to course correct the universe. But meanwhile, at the Tel Aviv Marina, Mystique meets up with Avalanche, who we last saw in Virginia after he whooped, you know, some some ass with Strong Guy and Havoc. And he tells Mystique everything used to be so clear and black and white back in the day during the Brotherhood and Freedom Force days. But now things are just so much more different with Pyro having the legacy virus saber stonewall and destiny being dead and mystique basically tells them like you need to man up because i'm gonna avenge destiny's death neither mind never mind everyone else he just mentioned i mean mystique is so focused on getting revenge for destiny and and again like even though she's a very despicable human being character at least we have motives for her and, and what she's doing and and i do think the mystique we're seeing in these pages is very different than other versions of Mystique where she's always plotting and sort of one step ahead of the game, presumably should be one step ahead of the game. Yeah. Here she's just reacting on based on, on emotion and she's being, being very irrational because I do think, again, despite of her being a terrible, terrible character, she does care deeply for Irene. I mean, oh, yeah. she, she loves Irene. Um, it, it's, it's very, it's very reaction it's very reactive, very reactionary in the sense she's like reacting to all this this trauma. And it's not like you said, the plotting mystique. It's like, this is, I'm gonna go in there and just kill this guy. And I I did, I also had it noted, I found it funny when like Avalanche is going through like what's happened to like all of their their teammates and like in the case of people like Pyro, like their friends, and Mystique is just like, you know, basically says Pyro had, you know, Pyro has a legacy virus. And she's just like, well, yeah, you better just like man up because I'm gonna get even for like Irene. It's like, okay, well, like poor Pyro's like dying. I like this because for Avalanche, the Brotherhood and Freedom Force, which Freedom Force, I believe you said this last episode, Scott, was the precursor for yep. X Factor and you know Val's involvement in both teams. But it meant something to Avalanche and the fact that Pyro has a legacy virus, which at this time there was no cure for it. He is dying of it. And that was revealed in uh, X-Men annual number two. 
And and Stonewall died in Uncanny X-Men 255 by Donald Pierce, the same issue that Destiny died. And then Super Saber was decapitated in New Mutants Annual Number 7. Does return in Necrotia, but hasn't been seen since. So, you know, this means a lot to Avalanche. This team meant something, and now they're dead. And Mystique is like... Don't worry about all of that. I'm going to get revenge on Mystique. And it's like, are you listening to what your teammate here? I'm also confused. Why is he in Tel Aviv? I know he was part of the distraction plot for Mystique in the previous issue. And Blob, which we didn't read that issue, but Blob and Avalanche were meant to throw X-Factor off. Why does he land in Tel Aviv other than to cause a tidal wave? There's really no explanation like as near as i could tell yeah um beyond just needing mystique to have like a foil slash based on the way avalanche is dressed avalanche to have like a vacation oh my god he's still on vacation mode (laughs) sitting there with the sunglasses and his khaki shorts Um, Enjoying the sunset at the marina, and there's fucking Mystique with her like high energy drama. Yeah, he's just like I don't get I don't get paid enough <laughs> for oh I don't get paid. Um, <laughs> but then you know Val Cooper shows up and like ruins their friend time, and like Val Cooper's just like oh you were I did all this, and it was the only thing keeping you out of jail, and like. Everybody else said you were unredeemable and I didn't. And like, I hate being proven wrong. And, and like Mystique just like goes off on her. And she's just like your biggest takeaway from this uh, to repair your damaged ego is your pet project. Freedom force was a failure. And it's like, this isn't about freedom force. And then like Irene is dead. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because what mystique is again so not listening to anything here you know val is basically saying that like at the end of freedom force everyone was telling me you needed to be locked up and i didn't want to and you know i guess i was wrong because you're causing all this trouble for me here in tel aviv and mystique again it's just like not even dignifying that conversation she's just here like do you understand that irene is dead that's that's when i want like all of x factor in the background being like we get it irene is dead because she keeps repeating this over and over again and i get it she really i wonder if there is some truth to her you know acting mentally you know broken down with forge in the issues prior leading up to this because it does feel that mystique has just her death, Irene's death, has caused a total mental breakdown for, for Mystique. Yeah, it, it it seems in retrospect that like some of you know some of it was an act, but a lot of that is just real. Yeah, uh, like mental mental health crisis sort I, of. That's a great yeah. way to put it. I think she is in the midst of a mental health crisis. <laughs> But Avalanche does his namesake and starts shifting the plates beneath the water and creates a tidal wave. And in, in, in the best scene of this issue, Mystique then shoves Val Cooper into the water, intending to let her drown uh, and runs back to the hospital to take her revenge on Legion since X-Factor and is, is there and, and Legion is presumably left unguarded. And thankfully... You know, strong guy jumps into the water to save Val and Havoc stops the tidal wave with his 
powers. I'm, I'm not quite sure how. Yeah, um, it's not like I, I didn't think that that was how Alex's powers worked, but there we go. Uh, he. Let me let me read what what the what the narration says. He braces himself for the thunderous blow he knows will come if this doesn't work. As he channels all the cosmic energy at his command into a single wall of force, creating a solid energy breakwater to prevent the massive waves from destroying the marina. His timing is perfect. His concentration fixed in short, it works. Like, okay, sure. Okay. I have no idea what I was supposed to take away from that narration, but like, great. He channeled his powers and created a a water break and and that's it. No tidal wave. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it might have like heated the the, the water. You know what? I don't know what I thought, but like, good job, Alex. You know, you... (laughs) Bravo. You finally get that. You finally get that W. So, <laughs> um, and then, then we we smash cut back to the hospital again, and like Legion's back up, and now he's his, his mother's asking if he's all right, and he's not talking to her. He's um, he's talking to Xavier, or you know what she thinks is like Xavier. He says like happy. You could be happy again, father. I could make you happy. Um, and he's like looking off into the distance and clearly just not focusing on his surroundings. Um, and he's, you know, the, the unbridled optimism that is youth twists and turns like a balloon animal, never been around to interfere in your plans. That's how I'll fix it. I can make it better. And that's, that's his plan. That is his plan. He doesn't state it explicitly that he's going to go after Magneto, but that is his plan. Um, and then, you know, being very attentive, Gabrielle Heller for some reason steps out of the room while her Mother son of the year is, here. <laughs> yeah, while her son is having this episode. And people and are trying just, to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ford's just like, oh yeah, I'll be happy to sit with him. And they open the door and he's shocked. The mutant who can like fly and do all these other things is flown out the window, uh, which was not locked or anything. Forge didn't set up some sort of nothing to keep him in. No, no nothing. No. No, there's a window right there. They don't fear the mystique will come back. They just step out of the room for like a hot second and he's gone. Boom. And they don't even think if mystique stole him or, or took him. They're just like, oh, he left. He's gone. So he's gone. He's gone. Uh, Forge, he's gone. But meanwhile, Wolfsbane and, and Forge intercept mystique. And mystique says to rain that she doesn't know what it's like to lose someone she loves. And she tells Forge that she trusted him to protect destiny on Muir Island. And he's as much to blame for her death as Legion is because he abandoned her. And, you know, that's that's really interesting. That's an interesting point right here, because for for a while at this point in comics, there was sort of like a romance brewing with Mystique and and Forge. And she actually blames him for 
Irene's death and she's holding quite a bit of anger towards him. There, there's, there's a lot of aggression and uh, I, I really love the art in these panels where I, I joked about it before, but it is, it's really the, their, their Kung Fu fight where um, it, it's, it's really dynamic art where, you know, Forge kicks her arm and the gun flies out and then she goes to punch him and he blocks it. And then they're, they're throwing kicks and sweeps at each other. And it's like, I think the, the text says that like they've, trained very heavily together and they each they know like what the other one is going to do and like every attack is countered every lunge is blocked and you see the fight continue until forge's eyes turn yellow because legion has just like fried his synapses or something (laughs) um he uh he legion appears floating in a bubble and basically is like uh, i need to talk to you, mystique and she lunges for a gun and he just like fries the gun because again he's floating above her in a psychokinetic bubble and probably melting gun is like very low on his like ability list but you know uh, legion takes mystique and they go into his mindscape dreamscape yeah and it's so it's within this uh dream slash mindscape that they have their long-awaited confrontation and mystique says you did this to me you killed my roommate (laughs) and i'm gonna have my revenge you're a monster and legion says oh by the way your roommate told me to tell you she said beware of times not shared Hearts not loved and destinies not written. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I, this is their big confrontation. That's it. Literally, it's done within a page because the next panel, Legion literally says, that's all. And the narration cuts to Mystique on the ground in the real world. And it says, she lies defeated physically and emotionally. <laughs> and it's really sad. I mean, I'm, I, you know, the rest she, of she's she's literally like steaming, like there's steam coming off of her. It's like it's very on the nose. It, it it's on the nose. It's it's very sad. And then the rest of X Factor shows up, and Legion is like, mm, no, and like just zaps him away. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And then he flies off and says that he's going to make everything better. And the issue ends with Mystique looking up at him as he flies away, saying those words. Floating away. Um. <laughs> I, so I was on board with this issue. I love this issue. Again, I think take your brain, put it in the drawer. You just have fun with it. But like the revisionist in me who wants to play like Monday morning quarterback in the year 2021, <laughs> you know, decades after the story was written. I don't know why they focus so much on like Mystique running around in all these diversions and not having more of a confrontation between her and Legion. And, and, and why, I guess this is, was supposed to be murky at the time, but why wouldn't Mystique see destiny in his head? Why wouldn't he just show her to give the message? And that way Mystique would sort of stop. But I guess the idea is that, She's a vision. She comes when she wants to. Yeah. Uh, Like Legion can't necessarily like manifest her like at will. 
No, I, I like, I agree with you. There's a lot of sort of random action where like Mystique is leading them on sort of a goose chase through the city. And then she eventually, you know, encounters Legion only at the very end of like the book. But it was, it was fun. There were a lot of fun beats. That's very fun from the era. Um, Avalanche. I love Avalanche. He's like on my list of like C-list mutants that I really, really like. So like, it was fun to see Avalanche when he's, is he, he, you know, he was part of the Brotherhood and everything, but he does sort of transition from being a villain to kind of like friends of the X-Men, particularly in like the Utopia era. So it's like, and, and he's on sword now. So it's like interesting to see like this avalanche is just like, oh, okay, well, I'm here. Like, what are we, what are we doing? And don't forget um, he had his brain removed by the Red Skull in Uncanny Avengers. Dude just- <laughs> The, the dude just wanted to operate his bar in San Francisco. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he wanted to do. And then it's just like effing uh, Red Skull takes out his brain. Um, and like, damn. You know what? Uh, After hearing you talk right now, I'm going to agree with you. You know, with Avalanche is just a really cool guy. For, he gets a one up on Alex and Guido. In, yeah. in, back in back in the states, then he just comes to Tel Aviv to help out his friend, motivated by the fact that his other friends are sick or dead because yeah. of everything they've been through, and and then he just wants to operate a bar in San Francisco, and the Red Skull comes and like removes his brain. So yeah. mm, I'm there with you. The, the Avalanche is becoming like one of like my most underrated characters right now. Yeah, um, he. Uh... You know, it's it's like it, it, a lot of a lot of good vibes. Um, there's one in, in like the recent. God, he's in was it sword. Yeah, he's in sword. And like when they 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 cross over with like the King and Black stuff and like Wiccan and Hulkling and like he actually he does something to like Hulkling. He accidentally like hits Hulkling or whatever, and he's just like, oh yeah, if anybody asks, uh, my name is like Richter. Just after like accidentally like beans like Hulkling, and it's like I respect that. Just like go for it. I love what a troll he is. I wanted to ask you, what do you think the message for Mystique means? Beware of times not shared, hearts not loved, and destinies not written. Um, I think if you look at it as referring to like the age of apocalypse um where we see a very different a different reality but like mm-hmm. mystique has a very different relationship with characters like for example nightcrawler who is her son and they have much more of a father um much pardon me much more of a mother son relationship like in that um and she you know, destiny is in the age of apocalypse as well. And like, I don't know if it's referring to that particular aspect of like mystique. I, I don't know. And I'm Googling it right now as we're talking to see if anyone has some theories on it. It doesn't look like many people have ever brought this up. I think, let's see, beware of times not shared. I, I wonder if that's a reference to her children yeah. with, with Nightcrawler and Rogue. Hearts not loved again and destiny's not written. The only thing I can think of for that la- that last part was probably what we'll see later on with Destiny's Diaries, 
and the role they play with the end of the world coming. I mean, that's that in of itself is a plot that's never truly resolved, but you know, I, I don't know. I, it's a really good question. Destiny. Now that I'm thinking about is a, is a mutant that really does haunt the X-Men throughout the ages, because here we are during age of apocalypse during revolution, Kitty will come across her diaries and then, you know, we have extreme X-Men and then in Messiah complex, they'll mention the diaries again. And even, well, gosh, what is, what does Emma say? They, they're talking about the future and Emma looks at Kitty and she goes, yes, I forgot. Miss Catherine pride is a expert on Irene's uh, diaries. I've read all of her thoughts about them. For the most part, I came up blank, <laughs> you know, so something like really funny right before Messiah complex. And then obviously what we just talked about the, the chaos war, and Necrotia, and now in the in the current era. So Destiny is a character that has longevity in, in the X-Books. So I, I don't know what this cryptic message is. I'm curious that Mystique didn't stop in within the story and wasn't like, she told you that? Like, of course, Irene would say something like that. Or there, there, there's no scene where we get her reacting to that message from, from beyond the grave. No, not... Uh, not in this issue. There's really no reaction to it beyond yeah. Legion kind of frying her brain and then and she lays off. defeated emotionally and physically. And physically. <laughs> I mean, you're you're right in regards to like Destiny, where she's a character who was, you know, essentially dead from the late mid to late 80s through now. Uh, basically as like a, a not resurrected as part of like Necrotia or some other stuff. And it's like, but her, her impact on the stories has been like much larger than her actual screen time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in terms of like, she's had a huge presence over the whole thing simply by, you know, the diaries, the prophecies, the visions, the impact that she had on Rogue, impact that she had on Mystique, and just all these other factors for a character who was not actually present in the books that much. Um, it's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting angle. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and this, and I've been thinking about this, especially after we spoke with Leah Williams, and sort of the fascination a lot of people have with the House of M. And, you know, the House of Darkholm, Darkholm has just as much drama as, as the Summers family as well. And I'm curious if we'll ever get books that truly explore all these family dynamics, because, I mean, we're both part of like X Instagram and X Twitter. I mean, you more for X Twitter, but people go wild for all of the other family houses. And they love yeah. these like complicated familial relationships and, and they do want to see them come together. They do want to see them fight. They do want to see them have, you know, a, a dinner. So, you know, I, there's a lot with destiny, nightcrawler, rogue, mystique, creed, saber tooth. I wish it would get explored a little bit more, but, and I don't know if maybe we'll be surprised in the next couple issues. Maybe they'll address this. Maybe mystique will bring up a point, but as of right now, where this issue ends, it doesn't look like they tackle it at all. But to note X factor is transported to Madripoor. That's where Legion sends them and they have an independent plot from there. And, um, 
in X-Men 255, where Destiny dies, it's the Reavers who attack Muir Island in search of Wolverine, and Freedom Force was sent there to help defend the island. So that's how Mystique and Irene landed on Muir Island. They were sent there, and, and the reason was because the Reavers, you know, Lady Deathstrike wants her revenge against Wolverine, as always. It's, it's always... It is always Logan's fault. <laughs> it is Wolverine's fault. And and then Freedom Force ends with the Killing Stroke crossover, which happens in New Mutants Annual 7, Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 15, and X-Factor Annual 6. So Freedom Force officially ends in that crossover. And I guess that wraps X-Factor 109 for us. Any any yeah. final thoughts, Mr. Scott Free? You know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting when now with, with Destiny back on Krakoa, um, it's going to be really interesting when Rogue brings Remy around for dinner and to meet, <laughs> uh, to, to meet Destiny. Um, I, 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 like I said, I enjoyed this issue. It's like, it's good sort of like 90s dynamic action um you get some good beats from mystique hitting on you know like her relationship with destiny her dot 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 friend you start dot 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 you start to see what legion's like plan is in this and also just kind of like half how badly thought out it is so i i i enjoyed this issue for what it was same, same. I thought it was just fun. You know, I, I, I like seeing the, the quest to Legion quest. Yeah. And again, it, editorially, I think they, they plotted out Age of Apocalypse very well. I think that's why it's successful. Let, let, let's see how we feel at the end of the run, of course, but yeah. why it's endured, you know, with so many X fans. But yeah, no, 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 nothing but praise on my end. And the next issue we're going to read is Uncanny X Men 319. That will be chapter four of our Age of Apocalypse read. As always, folks, I am Dayspring, and you can find me at Power of X Men on Instagram. And I am Mr. Scott Free, uh, and you can find me usually yelling about comic books at mr scott free on instagram or twitter so come yell at me please don't <laughs> if you're a wanda if you're an mcu wanda stan please dm mr scott free all of your feels uh, about wanda and the mcu mm-hmm. <laughs> yes sure 